Hello and welcome to Evergreen Church Sermon Podcasts. Tune in every week for our sermon series on prayer. We continue the sermon series about prayer with episode 7, David's Prayer Journal. I plead for mercy. Welcome to worship today. It sure is good to see everybody here. Um, and welcome those of you that are on, on that are online. I'd like to start by reading Psalm 99. The Lord reigns. Let the people tremble. He sits enthroned upon the cherubim. Let the earth quake. The Lord is great in Zion. He is exalted over all the peoples. Let them praise your great and awesome name. Holy is he. Well, Psalm 142. Um, wow. It's been a fun week in quotations looking at this passage. It's caused me to look at myself. Let's pray as we come to God's Word. Father, I'm sure there are going to be times when we feel like David did in the text we're going to look at today. But we may not pray normally the way he did. We do not pray for what he prayed for, although we need to. So speak to us, please. Hear our plea for mercy. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Psalm 142. With my voice, I cry out to the Lord. With my voice, I plead for mercy to the Lord. I pour out my complaint before him. I tell my trouble before him. When my spirit faints within me, you know my way. In the path where I walk, they have hidden a trap for me. Look to the right and see there is none who takes notice of me. No refuge remains to me. No one cares for my soul. I cry to you, O Lord, and say, You are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Attend to my cry, for I am brought very low. Deliver me from my persecutors, for they are too strong for me. Bring me out of prison, that I may give thanks to your name. The righteous will surround me, for you will deal bountifully with me. That, my friends, is the word of the Lord. In listening to, I listened to several different uh, scholars and teachers just to try to keep current. And one of them that I listened to really spoke to today. And... Um, it caused me to ask this question that I think we all need to ask. And that's this. What do we, people on earth, deserve in life? 
What do you deserve? What do I deserve? Now notice, it's not what do we want in life. It's what do we deserve in life. I was talking with someone recently, and I had a hard time reconciling some of the things that he was saying uh, because it made it sound like he was saying that we deserve this or we deserve that or I deserve this or I deserve that. So that asked me to, when I was reading this, was to ask the question, what do you deserve? What do I deserve? So when I say you, I'm talking about you and I'm talking about me. So here's just a couple of ones. Do you deserve to be happy? Do you deserve to have fulfillment? And if so, why? Do you deserve to have love in this lifetime? Those are big questions. I'm going to get a little bit more specific. Did you deserve to be born into the richest country on the planet? And did someone else deserve to be born into poverty in ghettos in India? Did you deserve to be born healthy and someone else deserve to be born with severe physical deformities? Did you deserve to be born into a middle-class family and someone else deserve to be born a Jew in Nazi Germany? Did you deserve to have breakfast this morning? and someone else deserves to have no food. See, we confuse what we want with what we deserve. Okay. I want to back up now. Instead of being at the beginning with, with Psalm 142, we're going to start with Samuel, uh, 1 Samuel 15 through 22. Uh, 1 Samuel 15. Um, Saul is king. He's been anointed king. And in 15, uh, God has just withdrawn his spirit from Saul, and he has rejected Saul. And he has given that spirit and has anointed uh, David. Well, not yet. So anyhow, um, yeah, he's, he's anointed David to be king. But David's not king yet. David's still pretty young, and he kills Goliath. Uh, Jonathan, the son of the king, and David build a great friendship. Saul is jealous of David. Saul tries to kill David. And so David flees to a, a town called Gath, which is a Philistine town. If you're going from Jerusalem to the Mediterranean Sea, it's about a little over halfway, almost maybe almost two-thirds of the way that's going to be there. So it's a Philistine city. And he gets to Gath, and he is by himself. He flew, fled by himself. He gets there, and they recognize who he is. And he's, he's afraid they're going to put him to death. So he acts like a crazy guy. I act like pretty crazy all the time, but evidently you're not crazy enough, because they, they, the king actually thought that he was really seriously crazy. And then as soon as the king goes, oh, I don't need any more crazy people, David slips out of town, and uh, he goes a little bit to the east, but 
not too far, uh, to a place where it's called Adulam, and um, Adulam, and it is a place where there's a lot of some caves. And David hides in the cave of uh, Adulam. He is alone. He is afraid of Saul and his men. He's afraid of the Philistines. And it's very likely it is his experience in the cave that he either prayed this prayer specifically or something like it and then later wrote it down. And so my guess is is you have not been holed up in a cave hiding from people. My guess is you have not had to ask like a crazy person so that you didn't get killed. Um, But I know that at times we've all felt alone, unloved. But here's the question. What did David deserve? Not what did he get, but what did he deserve? I think that he kind of sorted as a person who's been chosen by God, anointed by God to be the king. I think he kind of deserved, he thought he deserved things to go well for him. I mean, after all, he's the one who had great faith and went out and fought Goliath and, uh, and killed Goliath with, with uh, just one stone. Um, he was a husband. Uh, he was a friend, best friend of the king's son. I think he thought he deserved things to go well in his life. And instead, he finds himself in a foreign land, crawling around acting like an insane person, eventually hiding in a cave. And he didn't really like what was happening. I think there's a part of him that thought he deserved something better than that. So back to my question, what do people deserve? What do you and I deserve? Well, I think there's a couple possible tracks here that we need to look at. The first track is this one, that there is no God. Because there are people that don't believe there's a God. In fact, there's a growing number of people that don't think that there's a God. If there is no God, what do, if there is no God, what do we as people deserve? Well, All of life came from a chance connection between some sort of atoms or molecules that came from who knows where and evolved to be exactly what we are right now. But if that's the case, then we are just animals, just a little more highly evolved than some of the others. But sometimes when I see what the human race does, I don't know if we're as highly evolved as what we think that we are. If there is no God, we need to remember certain things. Does a, does a baby brown bear deserve to live when the number one killer of brown bears is a male brown bear? The vast majority of brown bears are killed by other brown bears. A little fish is a little fish, and does that little fish deserve to be eaten by a bigger fish? Which, in turn, is probably going to get eaten by a bigger fish. We see geese around here. Every night when the geese are sleeping, and even during the day, they're being hunted by raccoons, by fox, by coyotes, even birds of prey. 
Does that goose deserve to live? We have mountain lions around here. Twice that, I, that we're aware of, since I've been here, we've had mountain lions on the property. The reason we know that is one time because um, the neighbor over that way saw the mountain Well, the mountain lion wasn't on our property. It was it ran through the backyard of the house right over there, chasing a deer. The second time is we had two mountain lion tra uh, tra sets of tracks going across our parking lot in the snow. You know what they were looking for? That mountain lion was looking for stupid deer. And the deer that hang out around here are stupid. And the reason why they are is they can't be, they can't be hunted. Well, you can't hunt with a high-powered rifle north of 288. You're not supposed to. The deer around here are easy pickings for mountain lions. So when you think that that mountain lion is chasing that deer, that deer, deer turns around and says, don't you chase me, I deserve to live. And the mountain lion's response is, I deserve to have dinner, and that's you. You see, if there is no God, then we are just animals, then people deserve nothing. Nothing. Now, all those instances, all those animals I mentioned, they, they want to live. They try desperately to be able to live. But if there is no God, then they don't deserve anything. Now, possibility number two is there is a God. I'm going to talk specifically about the God of the Bible because I don't have time to talk about all the other gods that, that are out there. What if there is a God? What do you does what do you deserve and what do I deserve? Well, let's start by looking at the attributes of God. God is omnipotent, which means that he is all-powerful. He's powerful enough to do anything. Omnipresent. He is present fully everywhere. Omniscient. He knows and understands everything. Holy means that he's completely pure and set apart. Just. Um, as the one who is completely pure and without fault, he is the only judge and he will bring about judgment. Loving. He loves completely and purely. So those are the attributes of God. So what can we as people deserve? What do we deserve from that God in our lives? Romans 3.10 says it very simply. There is none righteous, not even one. What that means is we deserve judgment. Romans has said that God has laid on the hearts of all men and women uh, his, his glory and what his expectations are, and we deserve judgment. Gosh, I sure wanted to. That's not what I wanted. No, but that's what we deserve. So why is David pleading for mercy? The psalm begins with David pleading for mercy. The, the dictionary definition of grace uh, it's defined as courteous goodwill, meaning that it's not asked for nor deserved, but it's something that is freely given. Mercy, on the other hand, is compassion or kindness shown to someone whom it is in one's power to punish or harm. It's where 
Someone doesn't give someone what they deserve. It is an act meant to relieve someone of their suffering. Here's an example. Someone's attempting to rob your house right now. No, they're not. At least I hope not. If you have ring on your phone and it, and it does that and someone's there, please call 911. Okay. But let's just assume someone's uh, attempting to rob your house right now. You learn that the robber is just in a desperate situation and didn't intend to do any harm at all. So instead of calling the police, you choose to pardon the thief and let them go. That is mercy. Then you gave them food and a few dollars to get them what they needed. That's grace. So why did David feel that he was being punished and needed mercy? Well, just before he left Jerusalem, he ate the holy bread in the temple. Well, that could have been one. This is before uh, he had the Delilah experience. No, I think it was that David knew that God was holy and he knew the sinfulness of his own heart. And when he was there in that cave, he wasn't just asking to be delivered. He was crying out to mercy to God for mercy. For mercy. So that he wouldn't receive judgment. And that he would feel and know that he was forgiven and close to God. So what do you deserve? What do I deserve? Well, the bad news is. We deserve judgment. None of us are good enough. But here's the thing. When we look at the attributes of God, we see that he's a loving God. So what does a loving God want to do? Well, a loving God would like there to be a, a, a right relationship, but he's a just God, and so what does he do? He can't ignore our brokenness and sinfulness. So what he did was he did both. As David cried out for mercy, you and I can cry out for mercy. And God has already done that. In that, he has taken your judgment and my judgment, and he's put it on Christ on the cross to fulfill that justice side of him and to display the loving side of him that he has shown you and me grace and given us that which we can't ask for, we can't deserve it, we can't buy it, and that is he's given us Jesus and a relationship with him. But I think David had something very important there that he realized that to, to, to truly understand and experience the love of God, we have to experience his mercy. Oftentimes we jump straight to, oh God, give me this, give me this. 
instead of being there and saying, God, I need your mercy. And thank you, Jesus, for making that possible. As we get ready to uh, end the worship service, we'll end with a song that's called Mercy. Our, uh, our third song today was about mercy, too. Um, you probably didn't notice that. But I will kneel in the dust at the foot of the cross where mercy paid for me. David was kneeling in a cave, maybe a little bit of dust. He experienced God's mercy. Where the wrath I deserve, it is gone, it is past. Your blood has hidden me. Mercy, mercy as endless as the sea. I'll sing your hallelujah for all eternity. Let's pray and ask God for mercy. Father, in the silence of the next few moments, hear us as we individually, quietly plead for mercy. Father, we can't know the depth of your love until we experience your mercy that it flows from the cross it covers us. Not because we've earned it, not because we deserve it, because you willingly choose to grant us what we don't deserve. Father, at times living in such a culture that is so affluent and where we have so many things Really, compared to the rest of the world, everybody has it good. At least we, I mean us. We forget that we don't deserve any of this. This week as I thought of people who lived in horrible, 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 horrible situations, I think, but for the grace of God, that would be me. That would be any of us. We didn't deserve to be born in this country. But give us eyes to see what you see, especially when you see us. And you see us as someone you want to show mercy to because of your great love. Oh, Lord. Grant us mercy every time we cry out. May we then sing your hallelujahs and let people know how great and wonderful you are. Thank you for granting David mercy. Thank you for granting us mercy. It's in your name, Lord Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Have a great week having experienced the mercy of our Lord as you walk with him this week. Blessings. Next week we will continue with David's prayer journal. Thank you for joining us today.